Hello? Hello, Brian? Yeah, just, just a minute. Hey, listen, sorry, I don't have a lot of time. It's Brian from this, that, and the other. Look, look, okay, I, I want to tell you everything. I want to tell you the truth about wood. You want to know about the real stuff? You want to know why the earth is hollow and why we're being run by aliens? You want to know about the stuff they're putting in your Gatorade and why you should be eating your dogs and why, and why we need renewable resources are lie and we're living inside of a hologram. And, and I'll tell you all this, but you have to listen to this, that, and the other. You have to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, don't tell Sam that. Don't tell hey, Brian, what are you doing? Are you making an ad without me? No, listen, I, I gotta go. Oh. Subscribe to this, that, and the other. You bastard. 9-11 was a lie. What happened to Melanie? And now for another episode of Happy News with Perry Kurtz. The perfect little pick-me-up to make your frown turn upside down. And now your host, Perry Kurtz. Welcome to Happy News with Perry Kurtz. I am your host. My name is Perry Kurtz. We are a podcast where we try to make you smile by telling you about the good things in life and the world. And a few jokes here and there. And today's episode, which I want to welcome you to, by the way, if you've never been here before, welcome. Make yourself comfortable. Put your feet up. Take off your shoes. And relax. If you've been here before, welcome back. Nice to, well, we can't see it, but it's nice to know you're still there. So today, we're going to be talking about love. Love is something everybody wants. It's something that we've all had. In one form or another, we've had love from our parents, love from our friends, love from our neighbors, love from boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives, and I've been there myself. I myself have been married now for 29 years in a row to the same woman, but I've been separated for nine years, so I've been happy for nine oh, years. Oh, that took a turn. Yes. Huh. But I met a woman. But that's love, right? I met a woman online in the year 2000 in the early days of internet dating when it was just letters. We didn't even have pictures. We didn't even have color letters. It was black and white, and you had to wait for each letter to build itself dot by dot. Like, do, 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 was, do, was she a Union soldier or Confederate soldier? It was before that. She was a Roman soldier. And uh, actually, my full name is Pericles. And so we talked online for about 20 minutes. Then she called me, and we talked for 40 hours over three days. Then she drove to my 40 house. 40 hours over 40 three, three days? three days. We could not stay away from each other on the Logistically, phone. Logistically, how does that even happen? You, you have, we you up, have stuff that you need we to do. We were up all night long. I was a comedian. I was going on the road to work. When I was home, I was doing nothing. Sleeping, you know, going to bars, whatever, hanging out. And I don't drink. I haven't had any alcohol in 45 years. By the way, my buddy here, Brian, is now clean and, and sober. I for love it. How long? About 90 days. Three months. Working man. together, loving it. And he's got money in his pocket. He's got $20 in his pocket. That's a good form of love. And yeah. Loving that money. Yep. Because you don't pay me for my job. That's right. <laughs> well, I met this woman. She came to my house, and we fell in love. We dated for about six months. In those days, I was driving a motorcycle, which was known as the Perry Cycle. You can see that at perrykurtz.com. It was a big blue Kawasaki, and on the trunk and on the side of the gas tank, it said Perry Cycle. 
and people would actually pull up next to me in traffic go, what's your Perry cycle? I go, it's mine, and they go, your name's Perry? And I go, yeah, and they go, what are you, a comedian? And when I'd say yes, they would try to run me over every <laughs> time. So we were hanging out at the comedy store in those days. I was 89, and uh, Richard Pryor was still working out. Letterman was coming down. My buddy Robin Williams was stopping on a regular basis. And uh, Dangerfield was coming there, also another one of my friends. And Andrew Dice Clay was not even Andrew Dice Clay yet. He was Andy Clay, the Impressionist, doing Sylvester Stallone and Billy Joel. Man. And he was great at it. And then one night he, he was doing Sylvester Stallone, and somebody heckled him, and he turned into Andrew Dice Clay. And a bunch of comics got together and wrote a material, and his career took off. So we were hanging out there, and then she says, come out to my house. So I drove out to her house. I walk in. There's a guy on the couch. There's a little baby girl trying to crawl on the floor. And there's a little boy and a girl in the corner playing with blocks. And I said, honey, who are these kids? And she's just laughing. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I have children. And I'm looking at the two doors trying to figure out which one is getting me out of here quicker. Now, there's an old saying. You don't get involved with somebody that has baggage. My wife owns Samsonite. Well, the kids did not know their fathers. So one night at dinner, I asked all four of them to marry me, and I became an instant father. I stopped going on the road after two years to raise the kids, stayed here in town. And then I believe it was 2002 and 2003, we went on the road as a family, and it was the best two years of my life. And to have a whole family, there's nothing like getting the love of a child. Aww. It is so clean and so pure. So we traveled, and they became like little comedians. They would stay up till 3 or 4 in the morning and sleep until we'd wake them when it was time to go. Wow. My kids could sit in the back of a rented car for six hours and not fight. And that's unknown anywhere else. Now they're all adults, except for my 14-year-old who's still little. So I have been in love. I know what it's like. And everybody wants love. And what people do wrong is they chase it. If well, you uh, speaking of love, uh, we're not uh, talking about self-love. And speaking of adoption, uh, that's a perfect segue into our first happy news article. A nurse adopts a man so he can get a life-saving heart transplant. An ICU nurse in Georgia has given a man a second chance at life by offering to become his legal guardian. Wow. Yeah, it looks like he wasn't eligible for a new heart due to the fact that he had no family or support system to help him. Oh, man. after two man. days of caring for him, Woods, uh, which is her name, uh, well, uh, her name's Lori Wood, uh, 57, said she had a gnawing feeling that she needed to do something to help her patient. She turned around and she adopted him, which allowed him to undergo heart transplant and helps and now she's helping him recover and she lives and he lives with her and and she adopted him. That makes complete sense. And he's 27. Sense. That's how old I am. Wow. And it makes complete sense cuz you cannot go to a doctor for anything without filling out a next of kin or emergency contact. Even if you're going in because you got a boil on your nose, you got to have somebody there or they won't talk to you. I know when I got my hip replaced, they told me I was going to need to stay at somebody's house that can watch me for three days in case I fell down and couldn't get up. Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. So, wow. So she 
became his next of kin. She adopted him. Wow, that's amazing. Became her, uh, he became her son. Did she know him personally in advance? Does she took same? care of him just as his nurse, as his intake nurse. But I mean... She said... <clears throat> how did she find this guy and know that he was in need? She was the ICU nurse oh. where he was rushed into. He was rushed into the ICU because of his heart. Wow. And she was the lady who was taking care of him in the room. And she, wow. and she said... I think at some point, for me, this situation, there was no choice. I had a room. I was a nurse. I could take care of him. So it wasn't really anything that I struggled about. It was just something that had to happen. He had to come home with me. Jeez. Crazy. Crazy stuff. And that's love of a stranger. Would you adopt a 27-year-old man? No. Maybe a 27-year-old woman. That sounds like a lot of trouble. Oh, it is. But if you once you... If you let them talk for 20 minutes, after that it becomes easy. You got to get through the first 20 minutes. You have to get used to them saying, um, like, and you know. After that, it's a breeze. But yeah, but to hear about somebody adopting someone like that. But there, there was a, more of an ulterior motive. It was like, either she did that or he was going to die. But for her or to come he up with die. an idea like that. Which I don't believe came directly from her head. Maybe that came from the ether. You think so? Somebody might have planted that in her head. Here's what you need to do. Because that's a pretty obscure thought. You're a nurse and there's a guy and he's going to die if he doesn't have a next of kin. Maybe I should just adopt. Who's going to come up with that? Maybe somebody whispered in her conscience and said, if you adopt him, you could save his life. That's a heavy. That's heavy. Oh, I, this show isn't designed to be heavy, but that wow. Was, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. How, how you about, want how you about, want me to adopt you so you can get that penis transplant? I'll just take yours when you die, old man. It's in the will. It's gonna um, be le nothing about, left uh, by something then. Something a little more exciting, though. Okay. Well, not exciting, but just dangerous. Oh. Um, like us doing the show. I know, right? Uh. Sorry. Uh, I was, uh, how about this? Surveillance footage uh, earlier this month uh, captured a moment where a high school coach in Oregon disarmed a student with a shotgun and then embraced him after doing so in the hallway. It seems like the young man came in with a shotgun. Oh, see, I read it backwards. I thought the kid had a gun, and he used a shotgun to disarm the kid. No, no, sorry. Okay. The, the, the gym kid. coach saw the kid with the shotgun. Wow. Stopped him, disarmed him, and then spoke to him, and then gave him a hug. It was all caught on surveillance footage, my man. Wow. What type of love would you would you would you classify that? That's uh, just goodness out of your heart, because I think when you do something like that, especially. You've done some wild stuff like that, right? Oh, tons of it. I married a woman with three kids. Married a woman I with three kids. I gave up a career to be a father. You gave up a successful ventriloquist career. Yeah, well, stop squirming or my nails are going to cut you. Ah, nice. I haven't heard that one. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> I haven't heard shit. Yeah, I think Jeez. that's great. I think that's really something. 
crazy stuff, right? It takes a lot but of husband to, to stand in the middle of a situation like that. Yeah, but and then the thing with the, the guns, there was another kid last week pulled a gun out in class and just waved it around. And then there was um, a boy, this was on the news today, that he uh, was autistic. And he was supposed to be taken away from his mother because he came to school with a gun. That was just laying around in the house. Really? Yeah. And so the DCSF, Department of Families and Children's Social Services, should have taken the child out of the home. If the parents leave a gun out for a small child to get, then they're not responsible. They should not have that child. They should call CSP for you or whatever they call it. You know, when I gave my kids a gun, I said, here's how you load it. And always put your elbow on your chest to steady it. Okay. No, actually, their mother taught them that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. That's how we got this scar over here. Really? No. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you got he me a- good. He actually was looking at my I face. I was like, wait a minute. I've stared into those eyes a thousand <laughs> times. I know. Um, and you were looking up at me at the well, time. Well, as far as our uh, third uh, topic... For happy news, um, a young boy's fear, and this is this is a story of reverse love, if you can call it that. A young boy's fear of his mother helps him accidentally win a 10k race. Signs up to run a 5k, but after missing a turn, he ends up running a 10k and winning. Wow. And he was afraid that his mother would kick his ass. Is that what it was? He realized he had made a mistake and wanted to make it back as soon as he could because his mom was going to yell at him. Right. Is that I thought my mom was going to be worried. And when she gets worried, she starts to get a little angry. So I thought she was going to be worried and a little angry. (laughs) Wow. And he won first overall. (laughs) Out of fear of getting yelled at from his mom. Look at that. The kid, the kid. You, you, you have kids, or you, or you've, you've had plenty of kids. Are you, were you ever overprotective with your kids? Overly I still protective? am. Yeah. I still am. Uh, none of my kids were ever athletic. My daughter is a dancer. You don't say you're, you're an Adonis. You're a perfect specimen of human physicality. I think you're genetic. Spawn, I'm definitely like. a specimen. Yeah. But more like a test tube type. Yeah. But no, none of my kids were athletic. But my youngest daughter, my genetic child, my 14-year-old, is a dancer, K-pop dancer, and she is amazing. She is. She is on. She. She's got the moves down. Wow! And when she dedicates to learning a new dance, she is phenomenal. And I sometimes do get on her case because I watch her beat herself senseless, and I try to explain to her that. You know, you can't keep going at this rate because tomorrow you're going to wake up and you're not going to be able to sit up. And it until, it's not until the third time when they see that that's the truth yeah. that they actually listen. That's uh, love for the craft. You it's, love dancing, though. You were a bit I of a dancer dance, back yeah. in the day. I danced on an American bandstand in 66 and 67 when it was still in black and white. hey And it was in Philadelphia. They would start the show... With all the boys wore black suits, black ties, and white shirts, black shoes. And in those days, I danced like James Brown. 
I would slither across the floor moving my feet real fast. So they would do close-ups of my feet. They would pull back to me dancing, and then they would do an over-the-shoulder shot, and I would be dancing with a six-foot blonde woman. And that's how they started every show. And every week, I was with another blonde. And then people say, well, why are you hooked on blondes now? That's why. <laughs> when I got married, before I met my wife, the last, I would say, nine years before I met her, all my girlfriends were blondes. And then when I got married, my wife bleached her hair blonde so I wouldn't look at every blonde that was walking down the street. Addict. I still have that visual addiction to blonde hair. Love I'll blonde be driving hair. and I'll see a blonde and I go, well, she's only got one leg. Or, oh, she's as wide as her car. But I wonder if she has one good eye. The, the blonde hair says, there's got to be something about something her. Something wrong. No, something right. Oh, something right? There's got to be something. Oh, well, uh, she can blink with both eyes. That's good enough for me. <laughs> you know, I'm not picky. If somebody likes me, I like them. That's generally the way I am. If they're I down, they're down. I raise my kids on two principles. You judge everybody on the way they treat you. doesn't matter what they look like, what they sound like, where they're from, or what you've heard about them. All that matters is your personal connection. And the other thing is something's important. You work at it. You strive to be the best you can. And you never give up until you're successful. And that's worked for all my kids. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, the, the last article we have uh, has a little something to do with uh, unexpected kindness uh, to, to kids, you know. It looks like a text message sent to the wrong number led to an unexpected act of kindness by a total stranger. It looks like a, a young woman texted a family friend, but she mistyped the number. And in return, a, a gentleman responded and a conversation ensued. Apparently, uh, the, the, the child, uh, Noah, little Noah, he's three and his organs are shutting down. His organs were shutting down and he was oh. in the ECU. So they were contacting the family members to let them know what was going on. And the uh, accidental number said he wanted to help as much as he could. So he rallied all of his friends on oh. Facebook and he sent gifts and cards to Noah and even contacted a local charity who now wants to help Noah out once he gets out of the ICU. Huh? Look at that. If that's not love, I don't know what is. See, as a father, and I don't I doubt that I'm the only one, but after raising four kids for 30 years, I see anything about a child that's not happy and it tears my heart out. And then if I see a child that is happy, I still cry out of joy. All right? But to me there is nothing more important than a child's happiness. Especially other, a child other, who's sick. Yeah. And whose organs are shutting down. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. And it was an unexpected number. Came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. A misdial. The mom said, I, she said, I told Bill, I don't know if you believe in God or not, but I believe you were sent here to help this family. Yeah. I told him he was an angel. You well, think that ethereal voice loves us? Well, you know, Ethereal as they say, God works in mysterious ways. It's like this bar here, they sent me here to make everybody else feel better about themselves. That's a good way of looking yeah, at it. Yeah, because they meet me and they go, well, I'm glad I'm not Perry. <laughs> uh, well, you know, 
Uh, well, I, I got to say, I'm glad to know that people step up, you know, uh, in all types and manners to do the right thing and to spread a little love around to the world. What's your final thoughts on love, Perry? Look, there's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself and loving yourself and all that self-love hooey talk. But the more you care about other people, and I firmly believe this, the more you love others, the more the love will come back to you. And you won't see it directly, but if you find that you spend six months being very caring and listen to people and being their friend and being the shoulder for them to cry on, eventually you're gonna be aware of the fact that things have turned around. I mean, here in the club, I'm that guy. When the women have problems, they know they can always talk to me because I've got three daughters, so they know I can relate. And I have got some friends that are beyond belief because I was there for them. And if you're there for them, they will be there for you. And I just want to thank all you there for being here for us. And we're glad we were here for you. And for Brian and myself, Perry Kurtz, thanks for listening to Happy News with Perry Kurtz. And we're on Spotify. We're everywhere. We're on all the podcasts. We're on Godcast. We're, we're going to be on podcast. That, I think that show's going to be smoking. But you can find us everywhere. Google us, and you can Google me. You can go to purryfunny.com. That way you don't have to remember my name. And there will be links to this show and our previous podcast. Take care of each other, and feel free to pass some love around. Bye-bye.